What is up? What is good? How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? The rag just came off. The waves are popping. Marlon Humphrey is ready to go. Uh, I ran into Marlon uh, a few weeks ago in Atlanta, and he was like, when are you going to get me on the show? And we are doing it now. Big paper, wrestling alligators, racing his dog, having a good... How is the off-season treating you? Man, the off-season... Uh, man, I... Every offseason, I'm like, all right, this is how the offseason is going to go. Got a pretty good plan for it. And then I get back, and it just goes the most farthest way south. I always do, end up doing something completely random. And uh, this offseason has been very adventurous. Um, yeah, what are we doing so far? What are we getting ourselves into? Oh, man, man you follow me on the gram. If you don't, man, I, I, I've been doing a lot, man. I just played polo. So that's polo. an interesting story how I got on the polo. Um, how did this happen? So I have a friend I played with him at Bama. Um, okay. And we, he was a, uh, he's from Missouri. I've been to his house a lot, August Bush. So family goes back to Bush beer. So that just tells you kind of wealth he's got, but, yeah. um, so he plays polo started playing polo after ball. And I went to, went and saw him play for the first time and talking like, Hey man, we're doing this celebrity polo event for charity. And I'm like, oh, man, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Like, yeah, let me do it. So I get home, and I'm sitting there thinking, i got to learn how to ride a horse now. So, oh, it's real polo. Yeah, it's real polo. So I signed up to play this polo, and I didn't really know how to ride a horse. So I had three weeks. I got home, called some people. I was like, yo, I need some horse lessons. He sent me a little mallet. And uh, the biggest thing is I didn't fall off the horse, which was uh, good. Shit. Um, and uh, I looked all right. I think I, I think I looked the part, so uh, it was good. It was fun. Oh, man. What was there a moment the night before where you're like, "Am I about to become the greatest polo player of all time?" Where you're like, because I this has happened to me. Where like I remember when I was younger, my friend was like, "We're gonna go to a skate park tomorrow," and I was like, "Maybe I didn't realize that I'm gonna be the greatest trick skateboarder of all time." And I wasn't. I broke my wrist. It was fucking awful. Oh gosh! But I was wondering. So like the night before, you're like, "Am I gonna have to retire from the NFL and become the greatest polo player of all time?" No, I was. I was the exact opposite. I actually was like, <laughs> "Just don't die." I was like, "Why did I sign up for this?" I told him, "Like, man, what what was I thinking?" Because Wow. It was different. Like when we talked about it, he told me we were going to be walking on the horse and he was like, we won't run. And then I'm watching everybody else. I'm like, they're running. I, I didn't, I didn't train for this. And uh, I actually felt better than what I thought. Um, but after I got done, when I got done, I was like, yo, I'm about to pick up polo. This is my new thing. So I started thinking the good stuff after the fact. Uh, but I think I'm going to stick with my day job. I think uh, probably so, a good move. What is this alligator photo about? So that was pretty random too. My teammate, uh, old teammate, who uh, Zach Sealer just signed a deal with the with Miami. Um, he used to be with us at the Ravens, and he and his fiance, who I went to school with, have a alligator farm basically. And I'm like, what the crap is an alligator yeah. farm? And next thing you know, I'm on a boat. And you throw a reel, and then you, like, hook the gator, and then you basically get this crazy arm workout for, like, 20 minutes of just having the gator pull you. Jeez. And then it, it's a whole deal. It was a whole deal. I, I told them I didn't want to see a video of how it went. And so and just to make it more fun, and it was – that was intense, too. It was, that um, explains, like, the insane pump 
that you have in this photo because yeah. you were wrestling yeah. it for 20 minutes. Yeah, you wrestled it for 20 minutes and then I let go of that one because I messed up. So I had to do it again. And then my back was hurting. Like it was it was actually a full body workout. I didn't know it was gonna be that intense. Jeez. But it ended up being a full body workout and uh it was fun, but I, I will be more prepared if I ever do it again because it, it was intense. Uh man. So you you're you're what, twenty-four right now? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. You're twenty-four. You're on your second contract. Yep. You you've had you know a couple pro bowls, all pro. The success has been consistent. You go Alabama, which is like where you're from, the school you always want to go to, to a franchise like Baltimore, one of like eight franchises in the NFL that I feel like is actually trying to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like they're really like well run from the top down. Like how, what kind of perspective do you have right now of being so young, but at the same point, having experienced so much, where are you at with all of that? Man, I just, uh, you know, the biggest thing I, I just, like you said, I went to Alabama, you know, it doesn't, when it comes to great franchises, um, great colleges, I feel like it doesn't get much better than Alabama. And then I go to the Ravens, which is just, very structured well. Um, a guy that's really stuck with a lot of structure um, all my life. And so having that structure has been great. Um, and then just in the offseason, it's just free game. Um, yeah. Just get to do whatever and just kind of live, man. That's, that's the biggest thing, man. I, I'm one of those guys um, that when it's time to work, it's time to work. And um, then when it's time to have fun, you just enjoy it. And that, that's been the biggest thing I've tried to do. Being up under Nick Saban, people ask me all the time, like, what, what makes Saban so special? What makes mm. Saban so special? And that's been the biggest thing I've taken away. When he walks in the building, there's no fun. There's no – it's – it's he's trying to win, and that's all. And then as soon as he walks out of the building, he, like, takes that hat off. He's, he's a whole new guy. I mean, he's a great mm. guy. Um, outside of, but when it's time to work, it's time to work. And that's kind of the, the attitude I try to take about it. You know, it's time to work. When it's time to handle business, you got to handle it. But when, when you're able to have fun, live it to the fullest, man. You never, you never really know – what you're going to do. Um, well, it's just something new. I, I love new things. So when he hit me up, like, Hey, let's go get a gator. I'm like, whatever that is, I'm down to do it. And yeah, yeah. so, uh, it's, it's just been fun. Um, that's the biggest thing, you know, I'm young right now. I can do a lot of stuff. So I'm trying to do a lot of these things young. Um, and, um, when I'm getting old, I can just, you know, sit back and just enjoy Harbaugh and Sabins. A lot of similarities. I would say, um, very similar. Harbaugh, the, the biggest thing about Harbaugh, he wants to win so bad. That's what I like about him. I mean, a lot of things go on here, and it all comes from a place of winning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never a time when you see some of these decisions that get made with other teams, and you're like, that's, that's interesting and different things. But here, it's everything is geared towards winning, um, from the way we're practicing to the nutrition to it all. He's just trying to win, so – that's in that in that aspect they're, they're very similar because um I mean you're coming from a place of winning it, it it always works well because everyone should be on that same page and if you're not the only person that wouldn't like them would be somebody that doesn't want to do that which mm. you'd be surprised but um you want to win uh, you're the coach for me the the draft I saw the video where you guys were pretty excited about Rashad Bateman in the first round I know you got Sammy Watkins in the offseason but I kept seeing all these stories, Baltimore's trying to get a wide receiver. And then you go and get this guy that has that real X. Like when you look at him on the film, uh, 
you're never going to know until you get out there in training camp, because I feel like that's when you really see, can you take me back to when, when you went out there and like, it, was it nerve wracking that first? Like, did you want to show everybody? How did everybody know right away that you were the guy? What was that first moment like? Um, man, uh, I guess when I got drafted, man, when I got, man, it seems that's not even that long ago, but it's 16th like pick ago. in the draft. I guess, uh, when I got drafted, it was, it was first of it was crazy, um, just to get drafted. Um, first round, it's, it's crazy to get drafted, period. But yeah, when you first get on the field, it kind of was, um, kind of was, it, it didn't really phase me too much, but it definitely seemed like it was like a all eyes on you kind of deal. Mm. And it, it didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really bother me too much. Um, but they, they definitely wanted to see what I could do, but ended up getting hurt in training camp, Damn. soft tissue deal. So it kept me out of, it kept me out all three uh, preseason games. Mm. And so that's when I felt like I finally got to play in the fourth one. And I felt like I kind of had something to prove just because everyone's like, you know, it looks bad, your first-round pig. Yeah. You're hurt over a hamstring, they're babying you, you know, and everyone's like, oh, this guy, this guy. So I felt like uh, we played the Saints, came down, like forced to fumble early in the game. And I felt like, you know, just to, the biggest thing with me – I want to – the guys I play with, I just want to show them, you know, that I can – that they can trust in me and that uh, when it's game day, I'll show up. And that's kind of what I try to do. Um, I think, you know, really – I'm not one of those guys that does a lot of talking about what I'm going to do. I just like to go out and do it. And um, that was the biggest thing. I just wanted to prove to those guys um, that I could really play and that uh, they, I could be a guy they could trust on. I feel like that's a healthier mindset. I think that some people kind of want to come in and be like, I'm going to be better than you or I'm going to show – but, like – to realize that you're on the same team and it's more of like, I want your trust and your belief to be realized. Cause that's that real team shit. You know what I mean? I think like most of these kids now want to prove to somebody on Twitter that they can play ball. And I'm like, we got guys going, I'm more athletic than Richard Sherman. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you yeah. even say that stuff right away? Yeah. I, I don't, it's, it's weird that I've never really thought, I mean, I know it's, I coach track in the off season as well. Yeah. And, uh, it's the conversations I have with kids is just different um, than how I kind of think and see it. It's just kind of different day and age. Um, and it's crazy that it's kind of changed just that quick. I mean, I was in high school, what, however many years ago, but yeah. it's, it's changed. It's changed quick, man. It, it kind of um, takes me back to that Cam Newton clip that we saw yeah. this off season. And you're yeah. like, what, what's going on? So you really I think it's a generational thing. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Cam Newton, Heisman, uh, MVP, took him to the Super Bowl. And it's just different, man. People are it, the kids are just uh, just a little different. Um, but you know, it, it generates change and different things, and that's that's the future of, of sports and different things. So it, it, it's a little different. But um, the do you have any guess as to why it's going like that? Oh. I really think it stems from – I think it stems a lot from just college coaches. You have to do – to recruit these kids, you have to really show you want them so bad. You give them so much attention mm. that you want them so bad. I think the best thing that happened for me was when I was in high school, broke my phone. My parents told me they were not getting me another phone. Yeah. So I didn't have a phone for a year. 
And then I was home for a year. I didn't talk to any of these college coaches. They would have to hit me up, but I'd have to message them. Um, I just really enjoyed high school, and it, there was never a time where they're calling me, filling my head with, hey, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. And I think that just was one of the better things that happened for me. Um, it really helped me be really humble. And my friends were – I had some really good friends that didn't care that I was a five-star or none of that. They were just like, yeah, I mean, you're just our friend. Like they, yeah. So it was – I had a really good, I think, uh, this is my junior or, or senior year. And I think, you know, you've got to do a lot to recruit these kids and, and get them. They, ha- they have to feel like you really want them so bad. And I think that that's what helped. That's what messes up a lot of these, you know, college kids. I, the, and I know this is a big Alabama thing. We don't care about the people talking shit about us. And we also don't care about the people that are giving us a lot of praise. And it's just staying even keel. But I would imagine it's hard for young people because like, especially now we're raised in a generation of likes and shares and retweets and reposts. And like, like you can come in the draft and you do something and you're on the cover of shade room. Like, like it's like the big thing. And like, you know, like you, you were in a basketball game recently and you're standing next to Quavo, you know? And so it's hard not to get too high. You know, you yeah. guys are able the, – the reason that's great about sports is if you're getting too low, you go out there and have a big game and we get that juice back, you know. But I think getting too high is sometimes more dangerous than getting too low. How do you, how do you keep it even? How do you keep it f- making the main thing the main thing? Man, for – I think the best the – best, probably the best thing a coach has ever told me was, was two things, and they're both high school coaches. Um. My, my high school coach told me, man, uh, the hardest thing about it all is you got to stay even kill. And he told me you can never get too high. You can never get too low. I mean, me, I get too high. I start, you know, feeling myself. I'm like, I'm about to go buy a car. I'm about to go buy a $500 car right now. $500K car. Now, yeah. You just, you get too high. You know, you get, you get so high and then you get too low and you just, you start thinking negative things. And it's so hard to keep your, your mind, you know, just clarity. It's just, mm. you're so much clearer when you're just, you know, really just taking everything with, you know, a grain of salt. And um, for me, it's just, just sit down. I do a lot of, I'm, I'm kind of weird. I'm a little different. I do a lot of just riding in the car with no music, no anything. Mm. Just riding in the car. Just, just, just chill. And it, um, I think that works well for me. Um, just, just chilling. And when the movies, before the movies, Corona hit, I used to go to the movies and just do a movie by myself. I love movies. Um, I love just going there by myself and doing those things alone. Tom, um, just chilling. I think I think works well with you. Um, and, and just having real people around you. If, if there's never a time when you kind of have a disagreement with one of your friends or anything, or they can chop it up to you, you're probably you're not that great of a person. You know what I mean? It's that that you'll never have a disagreement with a friend. So mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing, you know, I would say just being alone sometimes, having some real people around you. And just always remember, you know, it's it, yeah, it's good as it's going. You never know the good until you've had some bad. Um, and that's that's just the reality of it. Has, has there been any bad that you have experienced that you think has really defined you? I think a, a rough a rough time um, for me that really kind of challenged me. Um, I'd probably say my freshman year of football um, at Bama. So I redshirted my freshman year, and it's not that it was – I guess it's not that it was anything of, like, 
it was it was bad that I got redshirted. I just didn't. I never was. I never knew that I was redshirting. So I was. I was kind of like a top game. recruit, like big time. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I was going in. I was going in every game, thinking I was going to play. And um, I guess it was we played Texas A&M. You know, Saban he does not like to take the starters out. So we were winning forty-two to zero. All my freshman guys are like coaches told me I'm going in. This is I was like coach told me I'm like. Like, coach hasn't told me anything. Like, wow. He didn't tell me anything. So I, I realized that day that I was for sure redshirt. And um, it just um, – when I looked back on it, I was like, you know, that year seemed different. But the thing is, the oftentimes in life we think, like, you know, someone else owes us an explanation why this is happening, why this. And that year just kind of taught me that that's really not the case at all. Um, in life, you know, you might not – you might go – Try out, get a trial for a job, and you might not get it. They're not going to – people get cut every year here. They're not coaching up there saying, hey, this is why, blah, 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 blah. You kind of just got to just realize, man, just – I think Tyron Matthew posted on his Instagram around that same time. It's been my phone background since then, and it's just uh, nobody cares, work harder. And um, it triggered with me. It hit me, it hit me hard um, that why, why you didn't get the job, why this happened – at the end of the day, you got a lot of reasonings and excuses of why you didn't do something. But all, all someone knows is you went to go for a job opportunity and you didn't get it. You went to go do this and it didn't happen. You went and did this and it didn't happen. So that's kind of what it taught me that, you know, it, it's okay. But using whatever excuse you have um, doesn't really make it better. You just keep pushing and going to the next. Excuses are dangerous as fuck. Yeah, they're dangerous. Like when you were talking about being alone, like that actually triggered in me. So like my first two years, I was in Nebraska uh, as a news reporter. And then after that, I was in Kentucky. But Nebraska, like, bro, I was alone a lot. And like all of my friends are like in New York or in LA and they're talking about these jobs and they're making like four or five X. And like, I learned who my friends were those first two years. The ones that still talk to me, the ones that were still checking in on me and all that. But really like, I had to get really cool with me. I was going to the movies by myself. I was eating dinner at restaurants by myself. And like, at that point, you have to either go, woe is me, or as you just said, nobody cares, work harder. And that you have that self-belief that all these reps will pay off. And then when it comes and all the friends come back, it's not that you dislike them. But there's definitely a part of you where it's like, you know, you weren't with me shooting in the gym. Yeah. But yeah. you were with yourself shooting in the gym. Like, you know what that grind is like. And it makes it worth it so much more, dude. Like, it, it, when the contract gets signed, or for me, like, when people are like, what is it like sitting next to Shaq and D Wade? You're like, I know what it was like sitting next to like, a random high school football coach in Giltner, Nebraska. Like, because I did that, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like that grind is, it, it makes it worth it, man. It does, man. It's just, it's, uh, it's special, man. It really is. Um, makes, it makes it all worth the while. Um, but it's, it's some ups and downs for sure. You just gotta, oh, yeah. you just gotta keep climbing. It's gotta keep climbing. So, I could tell that when I met you that you're definitely in the more than an athlete camp that like, this is what you do and you really care about it. And it's a passion for you. Uh, but it's also your career.
But I know that there's always this dilemma with athletes where it's like, I don't want to be defined just by that. And how, how has it been dealing with that? And where else do you find your creative juices going towards? Yeah, that's, I'm a, I'm a huge more than athlete guy. Um, somebody, I, I really, gosh, I don't know where I was. It was just recently. Someone was like, are you the football guy? I'm like, looking at her like, no, I'm not. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, man, it's, I just, um, I love the game of football. I love the game of football, but um, I've never really felt like football is like my life. Um, I was um, I was a big track guy in high school, and um, I really I love working hard. Um, it's great. I love the people around it, but I more I more love where um, sports can take you, mm. take you all over the country. Um, when I was running track. When I was younger. I, w- I went to Ukraine for a USA meet, and it's just it's, it's special where sports can take you. And it's like it takes you places, and then you're able to do whatever. And um, for me, um, I, I'm such a I'm such a guy that loves trying new things. There's no telling what I'll do next. But um, it's, it's interesting to be around the guys and just talk with guys. Some guys, football is like that's it. Yeah. They they don't really want um, they don't really want anything else. It's it's, it's kind of who they are, and, and everybody's different. Um, it doesn't matter which way you go. But sometimes when, when football is, is who you are, it's all you got, sometimes when it gets taken away, that mind goes, you know, you, you see it so much in college. Guys oh, are like, can't get out of I me. Mean, I was fortunate enough to make it to the NFL. Marlon, you have seen people's dreams end now at three different stages. The high school football player that had to get told, this is it. The college football player that said, the NFL doesn't want you. And you've seen guys in the NFL not make it past training camp. And dude, I, I share that. Do you know how many people I have been at different TV stations with? And they were like, Oh shit, this is it. Like, and then there's part of you that's like, well, I need to keep looking forward because I guess I am one of those people that can keep going. Like, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. And you want to, you want to reach out and help them. But at the same point, then you're like, but I don't want to, I still don't want to define myself as this, even though everyone's telling me, you're the football guy. You're, you know, that's a weird thing. It, it's a, it's like, it's crazy. Um, I had a, I knew I had a good friend and he was in college and he, he told me he was like, he was nervous about the draft. I was like, nervous about the draft. Like, why would he be nervous about the draft? He, he didn't really play that much. Um, I think he had a hundred or so yards receiving uh, over four years. And I was thinking to myself, like, he doesn't think he's going to, like, get drafted or anything. And, and he really did. And it just mm. – that's when it, it probably hit me the most that it's really hard to tell a guy that has only thought football, 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 never once, like, what do I want to do after this? And it, it's, it's, it's hard to see it. It, it sucks to see it. Um, but you almost, you almost can't even tell someone that, that thinks, like, that they're going to do something that there's a possibility it might not. There's really mm. no easy way to say it. And it's it's crazy. Um, it, it's just crazy. And like you, I've seen it at, at all the levels, um, but the the NFL level is 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 one of the one of the worst um, because guys are coming out of college and they're it it, it just sucks. It, it really does suck. Um, but it happens. But I was fortunate enough to to make it, and um, I did I did have you know what I wanted to do after, you know, I, I wanted to get into coaching. I wanted to do some personal training, a lot of different things. 
here and there. I wanted to get on TV. Yeah. So there's been a lot of different things uh, I, I've wanted to do. And I know you can't play this game forever. I mean, it's a, it's a great game. It's a great game, but you can't do this thing forever. That's why in the offseason, you really got to step out and, and try new things and figure out what you like. Um, Dude, think about it. We're over here as a society marveling at the fact that Tom Brady is 40 and he's still playing. 40 ain't shit. This motherfucker could be alive for 50 more years. He could have more life left than what he's done. And we're calling him old. But like in sports, 30 is old. And so how, how so it's interesting because like you have in your mind, okay, these are the things that I think I want to do when I'm done. But how do you approach it with like curiosity? That like you might get inspired. Like I know, I know Larry Fitzgerald, for example, he's talking to a bunch of my friends in San Francisco and he's very curious about like the tech space. And I think the, the cool thing about athletes that are well-disciplined athletes is that you're open to learn, you listen, and you can kind of take in new inputs and you can adapt and, and all that stuff. So how do you look at, I want to start preparing for the next stage but also staying open to like, I bet you went to the gator farm and you were like, maybe there's a chance I'll get into gator farming. Like, let me see what this is about. Like, how do you maintain that curiosity? Man, for me, like, like we've already talked, I'm, I got a very curious mind. Um, I, I'll, I just about, uh, I, I entertain a lot, uh, but the biggest person that's helped me entertain it all is my dad. Um, mm. he, he's been, I mean, I've probably had, I've probably had over like 200 people call my dad. Something, something comes up. I'm like, yo, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm like, yeah, just give my dad a call. And I yeah. have him. He's been my dad, manager, agent. He's done like financial. He, he's done really everything for me. And um, I let him wean it out. And then he gets back with me. Um, so it, it's worked well. But with that, with that curious mind, I mean, you never know. You, you, this world is just changing daily. Something new comes out, seems like, all the time. And I'm open up to it all. Um, all I know is, you know, I'm going to play this game, you know, if I play it for a while longer. And then, shoot, when I get done, there's there's just no telling. But I'm always open to, to new things. And it's just cool, man. I just get really interested in just all the, all the different job titles. Um, sure. It, it's crazy to just – there's so many job opportunities and – you can't always, you know, you think, you know, you want to do something and you might not be able to get that job right away, but you can do something in the meantime until the opportunity comes. I mean, it's all about really getting the job at the right time. You don't want to get it at the wrong time. And um, it, it's the right place for you. But sometimes when you look at it, you know, with a closed mind, it, it's really hard to, to get into a good headspace. When you get a contract like you did, and of course the NFL is a little bit different because it's not guaranteed, but with the way you're playing and, and your age right now, it's a it's a beautiful position to be in. There's also that pressure that comes in where people are like, how are you going to invest? You know, how are you going to, how are you going to make money, make money? And that's when you start getting a lot of people that you, you know, you got to weed them out. You know, yeah. how, how has it been to go from someone that's busting their ass to make their way to now you've accomplished something? How do you, how do you approach people coming up to you and, and you not knowing right away if this is somebody that I want to be in business with or if this is somebody that's trying to take advantage of me right now? Because I'm sure that happens. Yeah, that, that happens a lot. Um, that's when my dad comes into play a lot. Um, sure. He worked at the bank. I hit him up and I try to go to whoever's got 
hundreds of millions. I try to, I try to lean on all those um, people. Um, Have you added you know, people like that to your circle just as like mentors and stuff? Yeah. My, my, if I don't know him, my dad knows him. I, I became really good friends with uh, John Cassmus. He's the uh, founder of Zoe's Kitchen, sold the company uh, a couple years back. And um, he, he's been a really good help for me. Um, I actually kind of actually worked for his company last off season, a little bit this off season. And just, he's, you know, he's the, he's the CEO boss, man. So it was really cool to see a multi-million dollar company and be right there just in those meetings. Like my first day when I was helping out, he, he had me literally give a job interview to somebody. I was in there asking the guy questions and it was like, he really helped me out a lot with just seeing how companies run. Um, mm. That's, that's something that a lot of guys in my position aren't just able to be around a multi-million dollar business. And, Someone just gives you free range to fit in on the job interview, ask whatever questions you want. Um, hop on this jet, go to this place, hop on this jet, go interview this guy. And it was it was really cool to go back and forth with him. And it just I, did I see myself actually I was actually working clocking in. It was wow. it was crazy that I didn't see myself doing that last offseason, but it was it was crazy to do it. And it was a great experience, a great opportunity. And um he's in the liquidation business. That's the company, it's called Crazy Cast Boys. But it's an opportunity for me. And um, I was sitting there like, I might need to open up one of these stores. So I, I'm, right. I'm always all over the place. Um, but the more you can learn like that, when it really gets time, you can narrow it down and, and figure out the pros and the cons and kind of go from there. Wade and I had this conversation recently where we're like, we're sitting there and he just became part owner of the jazz. And he's, I was like, how did the owners like make their money? And he was about like surveys. Like when, when a company sends you a survey and, and I was said, I said, you know, what's crazy? Like my career has always been following my passion. Your career has always been fought, like playing a sport. Like that's a passion. Like people come up to you and you're like, oh, you're so lucky. You've known you wanted to do this your whole life. And it's like, well, one luck has nothing like luck is sure a part of it. But at the same point, like, you know, you know what it took to get here, but you meet these businessmen that found like an arbitrage or they found like a hole in the market. And they were able to build like insane wealth over just like fixing something. And it has nothing to do with passion, you know? And I look at it and I'm like, what a, what a beautiful life in terms of like, there is a defined line between what my job is and what my life is. And the hardest thing about what you do is that line gets blurred. Like you said earlier, guys define themselves by their profession. And you meet these people that have built insane wealth just off of like finding something they can do. It's, it's just a different way of living that I, I, I'm not used to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how some people get, it's like the, I mean, I know luck isn't the biggest thing, but some people find it literally off just a crazy little thing. And then it's, even though they, the impressive thing comes how the way they grow it. Um, that's not, the, that's the, yeah, the luck came to get it. But I think that's the, the thing people forget. No one is very few people are just crazy successful just based off just doing nothing. And you see these people that everyone just wants to just get something so quick, but it, it's a lot more hard work than, than what it looks on the surface. Um, mm. A lot of behind the scenes um, things that a lot of these people, there's a few that just inherit hundreds of millions and different things like that, but that's, that's pretty rare. Um, and it's, it's just, I mean, it's even football guys that kind of just want it to just come so quick. And it's yeah. like, bro, I, we, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, you can't, 
it's not just going to be around a lot of those high school kids and they, they just want that success so quickly. And um, sometimes you got to humble yourself, take a step back and be like, man, maybe I need to, maybe I'm not working as hard as I think I am. Um, that, that's, that's sometimes the, 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 the bottom of it. You're, you're, you think you're working really hard. That Your mind is, it, it's a tricky man. You can think you're doing so much putting the work in and you're really not. You're, you're just, you're, your mind tricking your own self. And uh, that's that's what it comes down to a lot of times. It seems like it's all in your heart, but really just taking a step back and looking in the mirror at yourself. What what was your moment in the NFL where like, you know, you're starting to click and all that, but like your first matchup where you lined up against somebody and you were like, oh shit, I'm going up against this person. Who was that for you? Well, man, I guess I got, I got two. I got two. Um, I guess one... The first one was like my first game ever, and I was up against AJ Green, and I'm like, "It's AJ." I'm like, "It's not like, yeah, it's, it's, it's AJ." It's like I'm in the NFL too. It's like, but when you actually lined up, like first snap, like, crap, it's like AJ Green. <laughs> it, yeah. it was, it was crazy. And then the the second was probably um, Odell, um, Odell Beckham, and that was just uh, the beginning of the week. My coach is like. I'm Marlon. You got Odell. Mm. And then he just moved on to the, the rest of the team. He was like, you know, don't worry about the call. Don't worry about anything. You're matching up with him the whole day. And I'm like, crap. Like, I'm like, this. I haven't done this since, like, high school. And Bama, we didn't do that much because we had – Yeah, zone and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we had – and uh, I think I think we are missing a corner that year. Maybe Jimmy was, Jimmy was out for a couple games. And so I was like – I, w- I was really more excited, and then I'm in my I'm in my uh, the night before the game. Jimmy cut FaceTimes me. He's like, cause he, so he was I think he might have been uh, you know IR suspended. So he was at the house. He's like with some people. He's like, bro, you ready tomorrow? And I'm like, he's hyping me up. So I'm like, crap, bro, I need some sleep. I I need to get ready to go tomorrow. And I was I was all hyped up for it. And he, Odell's just such a great player. Um, I was just excited to be able to, you know, have that honor, and the the coaches kind of had trust in me to be able to guard them. So it was it was a um, it was a cool moment. Those are probably my two, like oh crap, like I I really got to do this uh, moments in the NFL, and it's it, it's pretty sweet, man. It, it just it, it doesn't uh it doesn't get any better than that when you just realize like man, you worked pretty hard to get here, and now you get to go against some of the best. Are you quiet when you go out there or do you talk like, cause it's, it's such a one-on-one situation. There's really not anything like that in sports. Yeah. For me, it's, man, I, what surprised me is guys don't really talk as much as you, you think. When you grew um, up like seeing like Dion and shit and you're like, Oh, yeah, they must talk really all talk. the time. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest talker. I mean, sometimes I'll get going. Sometimes I won't, but, um, you know, it's 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 a even if it gets going in the game, I'll be a little chit chat here and there. But a lot of the thing that people don't see is like the post game. You know, even if you're going back and forth with the guy, y'all might get into a fight out there after the game. It's it's all love. You know, it's just mm. it's competitive juices flow. Did Very rarely you at first. Did you like did that, did you know it was going to be like that? No, I didn't. I thought guys would talk a lot more. Like I was kind of ready for if, if the guys start talking to me, then we can talk. Like, I, but I usually never just. Start yeah. going, you know, so I thought it was going to be like crazy, just out of control. But um, it's uh, the thing about it. There's after the game, you're like, yo, I respect the game a lot. You might have been literally 
Austin has got a whole game. But it's not it's not like any like personal hate or anything like that. You know, a lot of fans think like, oh, they hate each other. They hate right. each other. I'm like, nah, he's just a great competitor. I'm a great competitor. And that's two guys competing. That's usually what happens. The, the so hold on. So you get told, okay, you're guarding this guy. How do you spend that week? Because now now you know what's on your plate. How do you spend that week studying them, mentally preparing for them? How, do you have a process that you've now gotten down that's like Monday through Saturday? Yeah, well, for me, I just I watch a lot um, of what they do at the line, um, what they're going to do. And are you line. looking at like how they walk up, how they stand, like how granular does it get to like what you're paying attention to? So it's 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 a lot being the. You don't play with them anymore. AB, you know the Steelers. Every time he's about to get the ball, he he he, un, he undoes his gloves and, and straps him back. So, mm. so when, I, when he was at the Steelers, I was anytime you see him hitting this, you get like, a little bit more ready. Yeah, you get a little bit more ready. So everybody's different. Um, very rarely do you have something that just tells you exactly, but sometimes you do. The craziest thing about this year, um, we played with no fans. When we played the 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 Steelers was out on the field and of course there's no fans. So it's kind of quiet. I'm like on the field and like, I heard big, big Ben say something to the wide receivers. And I'm like, listen, and I'm like, did he just tell him to play? I'm like, did he just tell him the route he's about to run? Wow. And he, he does it again, like the next play. And I'm just like, is it, like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't know if they were in hurry up and that's what they had, had always done it or what, but he was just verbally, Telling them, and I was like, "Crap! I think I think I should be able to cover this route." And like that, that happened a few times in the game. Um, he didn't throw it to me when he when he told him, but I, I couldn't believe it that like that, that that's what happened. So it's you just really got to pay attention. I think playing with Marcus Peters has helped me out a lot. Dude, that guy Marcus is, Peters is my guy. I that, love that guy. He, he is he's different. I mean, I. We're not similar players in aspect. We're not similar like, people. There's not a there's not a lot of people that are like Marcus Peters in life. Yeah, you're right. He's he's a unique guy. Um, he he's one of those guys that he's not really the biggest social media guy. He's no. not really, but I love him, man. He's a great teammate. He's a great teammate. Great. What guy. have you learned from him? Because I feel like that's what you're like. What has he taught you? Man, the biggest thing is, man. He's like on the field. He's just. He's like the most just so instinctive. Like he'll just see something. And I'm like, bro, I didn't see that at all. Like I had, I was the last thing I was thinking about. And then just as a, as a person and just chopping it up with him, he was like, bro, man, I'm struggling. He's like, bro, chill. You good. And I'm like, you didn't really help me with my problem. He's like, bro, you're good. And I'm like, you're right. I'm good. Like you, you have all these problems. And he like, hey, 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 hey. You're good. Like the other day, I was like, I was having a little, um, little small little tweak uh, in my foot, and I'm like, bro, I had to take like a week off of training, man. Like, I might have to take like another week. He's like, hey, bro, don't even worry about it. You're good. <laughs> the time to train, you can train. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so he's he just he's oddly you know, zen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so he's he's super good at that. Um, just like chilling you out, you know. He just he 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 just uh, he he taught me a lot on the field. 
uh, especially when it comes to just relaxing. You know, the ball's in the air. I'm, I'm quick to just panic and just start. He's like, bro, why you be panicking? Stop panicking. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know how else to do it. And like, yeah. he, he's just a chill guy. Just gets you just. No, no fear. No fear. Oh, there's no fear at all. He don't. And he don't care. That's that's a good trait to have as, as a football player. You can't be out there thinking about messing up. The, the thing, thing is, like what you just said, he is so ride or die for his friends and like his teammates, yeah, man. He like he would fight anybody for you, probably. Yeah, he is. He he's he's solid, man. I um, I when he first came, I didn't know I didn't know much about. Him. I only knew about like he threw the flag in the stands. Did he throw a shoe one time? I don't know. He did so. He was just interviews and stuff. That's all I knew of him as. And uh, somebody, t- Eric Weddle, told me you're gonna love him, and I was like, Am I gonna love him? I was like, mm. well, I love. Like, I was like, and now, man, he's solid. He's solid. So uh, I'm, I'm happy he's my teammate. Um, Damn! Now that I think about it, you've been in the in the secondary. Jimmy Smith, long career, uh, great one on one. Marcus Peters, Eric Weddle. You had some Earl Thomas. Like so many different minds, and you guys spend so much time together in the DB room. Like. Is this just stuff that you pick up from these guys that's, like, accidental? What is it like to be in a room with these guys? Man, yeah, when I look back on it, Tony Jefferson's one, too. Sure. Josh, it's crazy how all great players, but all so different um, by the way they go about things. Um, You got the Eric Weddle. When it comes to knowing the play, uh, he would tell me the play sometimes that the offense was going to run. And – he was always right. Um, just a guy that just knew the game inside and out, studied like crazy. Um, then you got Marcus Peters, just Mr. Instinct. He just is crazy instinctive. And then Earl Thomas, super instinctive too. And just that dude don't care about nobody feelings. Like whoever it is, he's like, I'm here to work. I'm here to play. If you got feelings, move around. I, I don't care. Just so like super honest all the time. Super honest, straight up tell you, like, bro, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Like, and how just, great is that to have as a team? Like, in the beginning, it's a little bit much. But after a while, you're like, honesty all the time is, like, such a virtue. Yeah, it just makes things so much clearer. Like, the sugarcoating in the NFL does not work well. Mm. Um, when it's like, not even sugarcoating, just like, oh, we might do that, we might not. Like, if you know we're not going to do it, then just, we're not doing it. You know what I mean? Just... Mm. So that that's been great, and then Tony Jefferson, man, he think he he was a he was another guy that just played at full speed all the time, lights out, and great locker room teammate as well. Because um, I think that's the biggest thing: the more you can connect with your teammates, the better it is. Um, and he he really helped gel the team together, and it worked well. So what happens when you know you're the young dude? And you're, you're getting all these nuggets, right, from all these, like, legendary guys, possible future Hall of Famers. And then now you kind of look around the locker room and you're like, damn, I'm that guy for some of the – like, it happens so quick. What's that transition like? Man, it's, it's – uh, another person that really helped me out, um, Brandon Carr. Mm. I remember being, being with him and uh, he was in the – we were in, like, the sun or a hot tub or something. And he's like, he told me, even though he was starting, he was, he was the starter. I was behind him. He's like, you're the guy, you're the one. And I'm like, I'm not the one. Like you're, you're starting. He's just like, you're the one, you know, you're, you're the one, you're, you're next up. And uh, he would, I mean, he, he was just, uh, it, it was just crazy, you know, being, I was 20 when I came, when I first got in the league 
And um, it's just it was crazy to be around guys like that that had so much belief in you, um, even though you weren't necessarily starting or anything like that, and just trusted in you. I think it helped me grow a lot um, to be ready for for these times when when I was you know the guy, the guy. And um, it, it, it it's different, uh, but you kind of just know um, when people are looking up to you. The good thing is if you're doing what you're always supposed to do. You got nothing to worry about. It's um, never an issue. It's like being a dad, I would imagine. It's never an yeah. issue because you're always doing yeah. the right thing. Yeah, if you're always trying to do the right thing and, and you do the right thing, it's it's never an issue. But um, you know, you, you never you never just want to lead someone astray that take them down a the path and they see oh he's having success and this side he's talking to coaches in a, in the wrong way. He's mm-hmm. having success and this side he's practicing in the wrong way. You want you want guys to look at you want guys to respect your game, but respect how you approach it as well. Uh, I never wanted. Or someone to younger to look at me and be like, man, is that how I'm supposed to do it? And uh, I'd be, I've, I've seen that a little bit here and there throughout my whole career. Someone very successful, but doing things the wrong way. And that's not somebody I've ever really, you know, looked up to. And I mean, I, I, re- I respect your game, but I would say you could change this. You know, I just, I've always kind of been a stay in your lane, do, do what the coach asks, you know, never, you know, go back and forth the coach and things like that. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, we're at the we're kind of at the bottom of the food chain. You know, you got the owners, GM, coaches, yeah. and then us. And um, for it to all really work together, everybody's got to do right. You know, but for the player, it's always best to just you always win on the other side. It's no matter how the coach is talking to you, disrespectful, this, that, the other. If you just do right, all things will end up working for you. You guys are, you know, you, you get that win over Tennessee in the playoffs, which had to feel sweet just because the battles that you guys had with that team were so intense. I'm just always curious that, like, Lamar is so disgust and he's so special. But I'm just curious what it's like to be on a team where everyone's, like, always talking about your quarterback because Lamar is such a – talk about unique. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen anybody like Lamar. Yeah. Lamar is maybe the most one of the most humble guys I've ever been around. Um, that dude has not changed at all. You still will catch him Broward County at a gas station, chilling, yeah. throwing throwing the trucks up. Like he's like, bro, you're the MVP. Like just imagine pulling up to a gas station, getting some gas, and Lamar Jackson's just been at pump number six for an hour, just chilling with the homies, like. I saw him one time uh, try to go to IHOP. Like in, in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is is like he's the, the hottest thing out. Like yeah, I seen him one time going to IHOP. I'm like, you can't go to IHOP. You can't just go sit down at IHOP. Like five minutes later, he's getting escorted out of IHOP because mm-hmm. it's just he probably had the cook come out try to take a picture with him. Probably everybody probably got up from their breakfast and just try to go like. People can't control themselves when he when they see him, mm. but he's like so humble. He's like, no, nah, I'm just a normal guy. Like, why can't I go to IHOP? And mm. anytime he comes to like, uh, we'll have a player. I have a team charity event. He'll he'll show up. You know, just just to support. And he knows that he's gonna have at least spend thirty minutes to an hour taking a picture with everybody there. People yeah. completely get the event and just start a line, and he takes a picture with everybody. He's just he just such a humble guy and to be on a team with them to where like every time you turn on the TV, it's like, dang, it's like, I don't know why people love talking about him so much, like in, in a bad way. You know what I mean? I understand yeah. the good, like, I feel like he's the most criticized quarterback in the league like, almost. And 
I don't know what's up with that, but we kind of – I don't think he pays it any attention. Um, he's, he's just always trying to get better and bring along all of us with him. And whatever he says, you know, a guy humble like that, whatever he says, we listen and we just – we fall in line. It is interesting. You know, I grew up uh, a Sixers fan in the era of Allen Iverson. Uh, I mean, like – there's just, there's certain guys that are so dynamic. And when you talk about like staying loyal and being humble, like it's that same vibe. Um, but people want their cookie cutter champions. And Lamar's yeah. like one of those guys where like, we've never seen anybody do what he does. Like when he, when he does what he did against Cleveland in that game, uh, where he dropped like 40 something points and he's getting cramped up and then comes back or, even in the playoff game where like when he gets the edge, who the fuck knows what's about to happen? Like we've never seen it before. Like I remember when he was in training camp and there were stories coming out of Baltimore of like the, the defensive sidelines were losing their minds because of like, he's making people's like ankles break and stuff. Like we've just never seen it. It's incredible. Yeah. Lamar. It's, it's um, there's some clips on this field next to me here that hopefully never get released. It's, it's, uh, you uh, trying to defend him. Yeah. I I tried to, gosh, I guess he never really broke my ankle because I, I don't even try. When I see him, I'm not even, it's practice. So I'm like, screw that. I'm not even, no. So, no, no, hold on. Now, now break this down for me because you have tried, you, you know, you, you're up there. You got Odell in your division. You've had AJ Green and John Ross and his speed and all those guys. What is it as a defender that if Lamar is out in space, that fear comes over? Like, what does he do that's so tough? It's, and the guys, the, the crazy thing about him is like, you know, a lot of guys, you got power runners, you got guys that are fast and they're, they're going, they're going. This dude is like just like he's running, but he's not really. There's no like any of this or pumping. He's just like just moving. So one time we were in practice, he like came through a hole, and like I looked over at him. He looked over at me, and I I was like, let me open up and practice. See how fast he was. I took off, hit the gas fast as I can go. This dude just took off on me, and I'm like, and I just pulled up, and everybody was like. Cause I'm pretty fast, and they were like, "Yo," and that's when, like, it was another one. It happens probably every every three weeks that he does something, and everyone's like, "Yo, this dude is so different." And he he got uh, he got one of my teammates. I'm not gonna mention any names, but he got one of my guys. His ankles was about at the twenty yard line, and uh, it's just it, it's crazy stuff, man. That that guy is. Ooh, he does it so effortless, mm. and it's it's just crazy to watch. He's uh, he's such a special player. I, I love being on the team with him, and I just I just I love seeing him prove the doubters wrong. Um, he, he does a lot, so it's great to be on the team with him. And I love hearing from you, like that the humility is there, and that yeah. you know because look, I don't think it's fair to expect people not to change when the world around them has changed so much. Because I think we we celebrate that as a society, like, oh, he's the same from day one. Like, one, we're all supposed to grow, so I don't want everyone to stay the same. But when your virtues of who you are and the way that you treat people doesn't change, that's beautiful. And it's, you know, when we see him on the, on the side, like giving $100 to somebody that doesn't even know who he is or, 
you just you see him like always being down with his teammates. That goes through the whole franchise because I experienced that at TNT. I asked somebody one time, why is everybody at TNT so nice to each other? And they said, because Charles Barkley is as nice to the janitor as he is to Shaq. And he treats everybody with respect. And when the one guy that really is allowed to not do that still does that, the, yeah. who, who are you? Who are you to talk shit or be big headed when the MVP is out there at pump six, you know, <laughs> kicking it, you know, that's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's crazy. You know, everyone always talks about like, no, they didn't change. They didn't change. It's actually like impossible to not change once you get like, a. I mean, see, I went from, you know, Hosman, that's, that's a big deal, but the MVP NFL MVP is like a whole nother level. It's, it's, you you literally when your world changes you have to adapt with it just the way you walk way you know and it's been crazy to see him just so almost just the same um, and I think that's that's exactly how you said it uh, like Charles Barkley when you got the quarterback not being you know the tip you know some quarterbacks are kind of divas I mean that's just true and when you have the quarterback not doing that it's like everyone's got to fall in line at that point it's like you're not above him that's just mm what it is and nfl is about that's that's what it's all about you earn your stripes and when you think you're going to just earn these stripes over this it's that's not really how it flies and so nope. i think when you got the quarterback doing the things he does and, and walking the way he walks talking the way he talks um everyone falls in line and it just it makes a day of life just so much better um it's a lot of respect in this building um just with, with everybody with the the the, the cooks the, the janitors everybody um and I think Lamar Lacker tried to learn everybody's name. And that's that's a lot of people's names to learn, but just for him to names. Just for him to publicly say that and go out and really try to do it, man, that's it's just special. And um it makes this place as good as it is ever since he's come, it's made it even more special. It's dope. Man, we've been talking for about an hour. Um, I do not want this to be the last time because I know that that you think that you definitely have a future in this. Uh, before we go, is there anything else that you want to get off your chest or are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely love to do it again. Um, it's been solid. It's been solid. It may have to be like an in-season correspondent or something like that. Hey, let's do it. Yeah, in-season, there'll be a lot to talk about, man. This season gets here. Gosh. Yeah, are you ready? Or are you like, like since we're, you know, the draft is over, there's going to be like some camps coming up, but like it's the beginning of the off-season. So like, are you ready to get back to it? Or are you more like, let me, let me enjoy some life in these months real quick. Man, I'm, I'm kind of ready to get, I'm ready to get back to it, but um, I'm enjoying life, but it seems like it's just been a while. Um, How ready are you to have fans back in the stands? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing, man. I, I did. I'm just ready for some normalcy. We're still testing and everything, but. Cause like I went to a Hawks game recently and I didn't realize how little energy is actually in those arenas. Like, and then I thought about the NFL season where like when I'm watching on TV, they're zooming in and they're not showing any of the, like that had to be, that had to be fucking hard. Like it was just, it was just like, it just wasn't what you, you know, when you dream of playing in NFL, you just, the last thing you're really thinking about is like the fans because you think that's automatic. 
you like assume that's automatic. But then when it's not there, you're like, this is kind of weird. Like, this is honestly kind of like, yeah. I mean, my the craziest thing about it to me was like, the stadium's huge. You could literally have everybody 20 feet apart and like you could put somebody in here. Like it was that aspect seemed weird to me, but I just hope we can get people back in. I don't even like watching the NBA games without the fans. I hate it. It's like, really hard. It just doesn't even look good to me. It and it I don't know. It's just it's it's different. But uh, dude, it was messing me up because they would have like somebody shooting a half court shot and like it was taped. Like it wasn't even happening. Or like oh. you're looking at the dance team on the, and then I look down the court and they're not there. And, and so for me, you know, talking to as many athletes as I have in my life, they always say the thing that you miss when it's over is running out there and there's like 60,000 people and that rush of energy, you'll never get that again. And yeah. you guys got a taste of what it's like for that not to be there. And so if that, it's not about the touchdowns or the interceptions, it's about that wave of humanity that's going nuts because you did something that I can't wait for you guys to get it back because it's going to change the way that you guys play. The energy in those first few games when it's packed again, dude, it's going to be like coursing through your veins. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's uh I mean you played at Alabama. Like you experienced it like at the peak too. Yeah. I think for for NBA it's probably even tougher though yeah. because their runs are based off like the energy coming with the fans. Football it was it was just different but I think it was much harder on the offensive guys than the defensive guys. Um it's mm. kind of just but offense I mean the worst feeling is when the team is just 5 yards, 3 yards seven yards and they're just the fans are getting you're like crap we cannot stop them the fans starts getting in there. it's like it messes it really gets the offense going but for defense you're like no noise you're like you're hearing the plays from big ben yeah you're hearing the big ben so uh it's different but i'm just ready for it all back man it's just it's definitely not how the way anybody pictures it's supposed to go down and it's just been it's been weird for sure well, I followed Marlon Humphrey on Instagram, Marlon underscore Humphrey. Yeah, check it out. I made sure that I did it. You guys should too. Uh, check it out. Uh, anything else coming up that you want people to know about other than just your social media? No, nah, that's it, man. That's it. Okay. It's good fucking talking to you, bro. Nice. Uh, I, man, I appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a good one. Everybody, Marlon motherfucking Humphrey. You're Thanks. the man, dude. And that was Marlon Humphrey. Star, all-pro cornerback of the Baltimore Ravens, 24 years old, but a vet in the game, and uh, hit him up. Give him a follow. Very cool insight there on on kind of the process that he's gone through, uh, being a teammate with Lamar, uh, and, and truly wanting to be great. I do not say this lightly. I've met a lot of NFL players that like being an NFL player, but I haven't met all of them that are trying to be great. And it's cool when you get to talk to one that is. So I will holla, holla, holla at you later. Be well. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Pew.